And welcome back to another edition of A Panis. I hope everyone enjoyed their holiday as we approach the uh, the new year here. And we got a big one for you today. Uh, it appears maybe the gift of Carlos Correa won't be landing in Queens after all. The Mets have shown some concern for the physical. Um, all we know now is Correa and his team have no interest in restructuring at this point. And there hasn't been much news on that front since. So uh, we'll take you through that whole debacle. Uh, Tuesday night, a Brunsonless Knicks team with just an egregious meltdown uh, at the end there. They lose R.J. Barrett with a finger laceration just a couple minutes into the game. That's a huge blow. Uh, this Knicks team was up nine points with 30 seconds left. Uh, the arena was emptying, and Dallas finds a way to come out on top behind a 60-20-10 and 10 performance by Luka Doncic, which would be the first of that kind in NBA history. But when you look across town, it's all sunshine and rainbows for the Nets, winners of nine straight. They've really flipped the script on everyone. I mean, I can remember us on this very show just calling them a laughing stock a couple short months back. As for our football teams, the Giants kind of controlling their own destiny here. They're going to have to beat a Colts team at home who's just a dead team walking at this point. And the Jets pay a visit to our old friend Geno Smith in Seattle. Certainly a must win after the Jets get some help from Green Bay on Christmas Day. So we're going to hit on all of that. But before we do that, let me welcome in my guy Sam Allen, who promises to have a, a legendary one for the ages fraud or applaud later in the show. What's up, Sam? What's going on? And uh, couldn't have said it better myself, to be quite honest. But yeah, look, a lot going on. Definitely a lot to cover. I think we should definitely start with Carlos Correa only because, yep. you know, at the forefront of all of this, the Mets have had the craziest offseason in in definitely their franchise history, obviously, but possibly in major league history if this Carlos Correa deal goes through. The, the problem is the if there, into which all reports, you know, he signed with the Giants. They get skeptical about his about his um, physical, and I believe it's an ailment uh, regarding his shin or like his something in his lower leg um, that hasn't been a problem at all since the minor leagues. That deal crumbles when the Giants have second thoughts. Again, one thing to remember in all of this: when Jeff Passan or any of these reporters tweet that it is agreed to, that does not mean that that's a, a lot of the times that's a handshake agreement. That's not pen to paper. Until it's pen to paper, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes on between then. So, yes, is it a positive thing once one of those guys reports it? Yes, it is. However, stuff like this always happens. And if you're a Met fan, I, I liken it back to when they drafted <coughs> an, uh, an unmissable prospect in Kumar Rocker and had the same kind of thing. They, you know, they didn't go through. And not that they were being careful with their money. I know different regime, blah, blah, blah. But, again just proves a point and it just happens to be that it's the same organization that the Mets and it happens a lot just have to ha have second thoughts about this and it's still going to be seen whether that's a good thing for the Mets or a bad thing and only I guess time will tell but there's a there's a world where Correa is not a Met next year and it's becoming more and more viable yeah um so what we know right now is that uh Correa is apparently still um you know, he, he's still devoted to this Mets thing, but does not want to restructure. I think you're the one that sent the report. I would credit it if I remembered who it was, but... Um, I think I know what you're going to say. It's basically that the, the, yeah, the lack of noise yep. 
isn't a bad thing. And you can kind of assume that maybe both of these sides are just trying to, to, to just, you know, keep it all friendly, friendly and uh, no leaks. So that's, I um, I mean, Marino at at Marino MLB on Twitter, Michael Marino. Um, The exact quote is thought around baseball is the lack of noise from Correa and Mets negotiations might not be a bad thing. Many suggest that sides have taken stance of avoiding leaks considering mutual motivation to close a deal with desire to avoid getting one another in trouble as in quotes, as Steve has before, but yeah, look, so we, we know that we know that three other teams have apparently kind of tried to get involved here um, as there's issues with the Mets. Um, I mean, I don't really have a guess as to what I think happens here because a lot of this is just behind closed doors and I'd love to be a fly on the wall, but I, I don't know. I just feel like, I understand why he's not interested in restructuring, right? Because this is probably his his one chance to to really get paid here. I just think it's kind of, you know, at the time, I figured that, you know, Boris and Correa's team would have let the Mets in here and said, listen, this is what it is. We don't think it's a big deal, yada, yada, yada. So for the Mets to, you know, get the results of the physical and – and show this level of concern. I mean, it kind of concerns me. Like, what is this thing? And I mean, why is it showing up so drastically? Yeah. And also too, like you could look at this as a Met fan and you could say, Hey, maybe, maybe he does restructure his deal a little bit and maybe we get, get Correa for a little cheaper. Just, yeah, I mean, because if his other if his other option is a couple more years in Minnesota, exact, you know, two three year deal. Exactly. I mean, why why wouldn't he? So yeah, it's a possibility. Like now but, that you know, we're not really going to know anything until we think do. about it like this. Now that the Mets know that he's like down, he's down to play third, and he's w- willing to sign with them as all, everything stood. Like now they have like a little bit of leverage, where it's like, all right, we know you've played your hand, we know you want to come here. Now it's like, all right, well, how much do you want to come here then? Like, like save some money, like almost like how people argue in football, like, you know, some quarterbacks should take pay cuts if they want wide receivers. Like in a, in a way it's like, all right, you know what? Come here. We have some reservation about your injury and maybe we can use those reservations to get another guy or something. And, you know, maybe it could be a good thing that this is happening. But on the other side, it, it could also flip turn until one other team says, F it, I'm going to take the risk on the lower leg that hasn't been a problem. And I'm going to swoop in and sign for the same deal that you signed there, like the Twins yeah. or like you know I don't know the Padres. Would that be the craziest thing in the world? No, I, I mean I, I would think, and again I have no idea what goes on in these negotiations. The Dodgers. I would think sorry. that the the Mets' best course of action here would be like, listen, don't even bother restructuring, but give us a couple of club options in case this does become an issue down the road. And you know maybe Correa doesn't want to do that. But, I mean, if it's something that hasn't been an issue and he doesn't think it's going to be an issue, listen, sign for the money. And, you know, maybe five years and six years and seven years down the road, maybe even sooner, um, you know, the, the Mets ha- have a club opt to just get out of it. I think that that would be the best course of action for the Mets and probably for Carlos Correa if he doesn't want to sacrifice any money right now. Well, the only uh, – so I agree with you totally. However, the only thing is on uh, Correa's side is that kind of messes up his whole plan of – you know, signing with the twins and then parlaying that into this because then he's got to do it again. You know, like, and what happens if what happens if he gets hurt this year? You know, well, yeah, but I mean, if he doesn't think it's going to be an issue, yeah, I um, get it. Then you know? I get. It. I'm just proposing his side. You know, but yeah. um, no, oh, yeah, I mean, and, but he's going to have to do something. Yeah, I I think t- if you want my f- my final answer, I think that they I think they get it done. To be honest, I think they I think maybe even the Mets you know put in a, some sort of clause in the contract where no you know no money changes, but like. 
if our if this if this team of doctors deems this leg injury to become you know uh, detrimental to your play, maybe they they can have an opt out clause, a team option that introduces or something like that. I don't know. No. I, I'm not a lawyer. Even even if even if um you know one of these three teams that you know are apparently interested, and again we don't really know uh, the level of truth to that. That could be just Carlos Correa's uh, team with smoke screens. But even if one of them says, listen, we'll take the risk. We don't care. He's still going to have to go through this physical process again. And I'm sure the Mets said something similar to that. But then as soon as the results come out, I, I doubt that he wants to go through this a third time, especially just because of the optic yeah. of it. Uh, look, I agree. Um, but again, <laughs> the only thing, like we said about you know the signings in the beginning of this little segment, until you actually see it confirmed, don't believe anything. And that's even reports of like, you know, Carlos Correa, uh, you know, interested in signing with. You see a lot of that when people say like interested in or, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski always does it on draft night. Where Remember that big night where he had like all those words. It was like, you know, all signs pointing to the Knicks drafting. Like their wording sometimes you have to be very careful with these some of these reporters. So um, only time will tell with Correa, but um, – I don't know. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to talk about the Knicks debacle, or do you want to talk about the net, how good the Nets are? I think we got to get into that Knicks game. Yeah, that, I look, that was the Knicks lose to the Mavericks, albeit without Jalen Brunson, and then two minutes worth of R.J. Barrett, who uh, I believe just had. I was a little confused looking at some reports or lack thereof, even a laceration on his hand of some sort. Uh, maybe he needed yeah. like some stitches on like his palm or something. I. I, well, I believe it was a finger. Oh, his finger. See, I and that they're already ruling him out for you know the time being with a laceration. It must have been pretty bad. Yeah. Which is a blow because he was really figuring it out and dropping thirty yeah. a night. But so last night the Knicks lose in one twenty six to one twenty one in a game where they were quite honestly the better team for about you know forty five minutes of this game. And yeah, agree, agree or disagree. They, that was the best effort that they put forth this season. All things considered. Well, I want to agree, but I think just, I, it's hard to say because without RJ and Jalen Brunson, it's, it's kind of hard to, I think those are two key pieces that did they put in like as a team there, they're, were they putting in the most effort I've seen all season? Probably, but I, I would have loved to see what that would have brought them with Brunson and RJ. Um, so tough for me to say, but like, Everyone played very well last night. Julius Randle played 45 minutes, 29 points, 18 rebounds. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, 20 points, 16 rebounds, 8 of 9 from the field. Uh, even quickly had a good game. He had fi- thir- 15 assists. Quentin Grimes with 33 on seven threes. The Knicks were clicking on all cylinders last night. But the only stat line that matters in the entire game, 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, I said this earlier on the day and just like, you know, people I speak to about Knicks and basketball, Luka Doncic will never, I don't remember the last time I've seen him lose to the Knicks. And I thought all day, my thought was he will not lose to this team. And as I'm watching this game last night, he was in, and I said this to you in the pre-show, he was in a mode. It was like, my team is not losing. And sometimes, yeah. you know, you see guys like Jordan, or, or you've seen guys like Jordan, you see guys like Kevin Durant now, and you've seen LeBron, obviously, blah, 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 Kobe, you name any of these, you know, elite guys, that's what Luka did yesterday. That's a that's a stamp game that 
you know, you think of the Jordan final shot or the LeBron Jason Terry poster. Like, that's a game where that's going to be etched in NBA memory forever. And, of course, it happens to the Knicks. Yeah. Did you know that that hadn't been done before? Like, I would have guessed, like, okay, Wilt probably had a 60-20-10 game at some point. Well, not only is it the the only 60-20-10 game in NBA history, but it's only the second 60-point triple-double in NBA history. Uh, the only other one, James Harden on the Rockets, um, and yeah. I believe it was a game against the Warriors. I'm, I don't quote me on that, but um, yeah, sixty point triple double. But yeah, Luca was everything and then some. And I think the irony of it all is you look at this Dallas Maverick roster, and it's like ex Nick, ex Nick, ex Nick, ex Nick, Frank Nilakina, Kemba Walker, Reggie Bullock. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. They had Porzingis. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's like it's like a Knicks reunion when these teams play, and it's like very strange because like it's not like a rivalry, but it's like a lot of guys on the Mavericks almost like want to stick it to the Knicks every time they play, and then they have this guy. You know, you might as well have heard of him, Luka Doncic on the team that refuses to lose against the Knicks for whatever reason. So like every time yeah. these teams play. Yeah, I feel like it's a something crazy. It's a Luca crazy performance, or like they're jawing at each other. And someone like Tim Hardaway Jr. I remember had like seven or eight threes against the Knicks, like two you know two matchups ago. Um, but yeah, look for the Knicks. Uh, uh, there's not much more you can say about Luca. Honestly, he's he's unbelievable. Uh, he's yep. he's got to be. If he's not the best in the league, he's gonna he's if he's two in my opinion, one or two. Mm-hmm. Can anything lower than that is is disrespectful, I would say. Um, but for the Knicks, like a lot of these gut punches and it's like, you know, you, you and I kind of moderately watch UFC and it's like, yeah, everyone's always going for the, the big headshot to knock someone out. But every once in a while you see these teams get knocked out or these guys get knocked out by one too many gut punches. I, I don't know. I think the Knicks might be on the ropes right now. It's tough to take a lot of these. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, we could talk about how well they played uh, before these last four games. And I think by the time this comes out, they'll be playing the Spurs tonight, uh, which could be a get back on track game. But no, I mean, the Knicks, they are what they are. This is what we've been saying all year. They're going to win some, then they're going to lose some, then they're going to win some, then they're going to lose some. Um, You know, I've been quoted as calling them in NBA purgatory. Um, It was no doubt they've been fun to watch. But uh, I mean, a, ga- a game like last night—that's just kind of—that's that, what the Knicks are to an extreme. Yeah, it—you're it, it, right. It's just a microcosm of just who the Knicks are exactly. Like, but the Knicks are—you said it correctly. They're going to win some. They're going to lose some. Obviously, that's like the most obvious statement ever. But they—they they win eight in a row, and then now they're losing four in a row. And like, that's just yep. what is going to happen. And then you know, maybe they lose to the Spurs and have a bad loss, and then they win one, and they go one of their next seven, blah blah blah, and then. They'll randomly turn around and win six in a row. That's just they're a streaky team. So, um, yeah. I mean, let's let's just hope RJ Barrett's back sooner than later because yeah. that's a blow and a half. Yeah, and I and I guess on the other side of town, not really much to talk about other than like the Nets are pretty freaking good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're yep. the best team in the NBA since like November or like the middle mm-hmm. of November at least. Uh, what what is it like eight or nine in a row for them? They play the Hawks tonight. Uh, where they're favored by six and a half points in Atlanta, they're a juggernaut right now. Yeah, this is what we always said. I mean, if they could, if they could just make it about basketball, they're a great team. Yeah. So 
you know, it, it's just funny to, to think about the way that we were speaking about them when all the outside noise was going on, you know, questions about KD, questions about, and then, you know, when it's all just about basketball, they're maybe the best team in the NBA. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we were calling this, we were calling this just, I mean, they could very well win a championship this year. And oh, we yeah. were calling this whole setup a bust just maybe two months ago. But the, I don't think – so I, obviously it's – looking back on it now, you – there was obviously reservation on this team. But I think it was very justified at the time. Like I don't think it was – we were in any crazy territory where it was like any outlandish thing to say that, wow, this team's like going down the drain. Because no. it was. Like it really yeah. was. But you know what it takes to get out of the drain? How about a seven-foot guy that can do everything on the floor – at any time and give you 30 a night without blinking. Cause that's what Kevin Durant yep. is. And that's exactly what he's done. You know, Kyrie's had his Kyrie moments. He's had his big games, but you know, you look at the stats, Kyrie's not having, you know, any, you know, crazy, crazy year. He's averaging 26, 26, four and four. Like, yeah, he's having a good year, but I mean, Durant's averaging 37 rebounds and five assists with almost two blocks a game. He's yep. shooting. I saw, I heard something today that, his like true shooting percentage on like actual shots, not layups, not dunks, is like still like sixty five percent or something like mm-hmm. outlandish, which is like it's just it's just crazy. Uh, appreciate Kevin Durant while you can because like you see, obviously LeBron's amazing too, but like I think it's everyone can say now that LeBron's career is on its like final leg, whereas Kevin Durant, he's still in his prime and he's making that known night in and night out. Yep. So yeah, all, all good there. Um, I mean, any anything else you wanted to hit on? Anything else around the league? I mean, nothing really of note. Nothing too, not too many trade rumors or anything I've heard. Nothing. No, not yeah. yet. I, well, I will say one one thing is uh, Jacques Vaughn since taking over for the Nets has been everything they've needed. Uh, they've you can just tell that they've bought in defensively. They go even Kevin Durant is. You watch some possessions where guys just don't – they get the ball, look at Kevin Durant, and they pass immediately. They just don't even bother yep. with him. And it's like a very undersung – because obviously you can't quantify it, but uh, just a very undersung uh, part of the game. So Nets clicking on all cylinders. Are the Giants, though? I, I don't know. The, the, you know, they they come off a tough, tough loss to the Vikings, uh, 27-24, and it was it 62-yard field goal as time expired. Um they beat, play a tough game against the Commanders, get smoked against the Eagles. I don't know. I don't really have a read on this team. I I, I just think my read is that I still just don't think they're very good. Um, you, you know, last week we talked about, when we were talking about the Jets, and we said, well, make the playoffs for what? I feel more so that way about the Giants. Like, what mm-hmm. is this team going to do in a playoff game? No, listen, it would be great to get there, just like it would be for the Jets. I think that there's... There's kind of an underrated element of experience to, to making it and, you know, knowing what it takes to get to the playoffs or what it's like to play in that sort of atmosphere. I get that. That's all great. Um, and the Giants have, you know, listen, they've been lucky and they're getting, they're getting lucky again this week against just a, a Colts team that I don't think they've won in a month and a half. Um, and rolling you know, out Nick Foles as their quarterback. Yeah, that, that team is dead. So, I mean, all signs point to the Giants getting in. And I mean, you know, maybe by this time next week, we're talking about the Giants playing a second string Philadelphia Eagle team. So, you know, good for them. And I, I love them this week and we'll get into that game. But no, I, I don't think they're a very good football team. That would be my read. I think that I would say out of the entire league, they're the most like 
not as good as their record club to me. Well, let me put it this way. The Giants are six-point favorites, and I love them at six points. I would I would take them at ten points because – and I think it says more about – there's two things that go into saying that. One, I think, like Matt said, the Colts are a dead team. They're, they're done for. I mean, they, they're trotting out Nick Foles and just kind of playing like, you know, I don't want anyone in my future getting hurt, football. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's not even on the field. Um I would take the Giants. I would take the Giants at minus ten, and I think again. I don't think it says like I think the Giants are okay. I think I've seen them do very poorly against good teams, but I think they beat up on bad teams. I, I kind of love the Giants here, giving six um, at home too. Like you're trying to tell me the Colts are going to travel to MetLife when the and beat the Giants with a guy who's might not be in the league next year, or definitely doesn't look like it playing wise. In uh, Nick Foles and beat the Giants when they're the hungrier dog. I just, I think the Giants roll this week. I I, I take them uh, much more points than six. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I love them to win by a touchdown. I'm with you there. Yeah, so, um, and I, th- but I mean, they're, that's going to be a team that's nine six and one. Come yeah, on, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's and you can make the argument they could be better. You know, they get a couple a couple different balls to you know drop on their side and on the Vikings game and they win that game. Very, very realistically. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess only, but again, I still at the same time kind of feel the same way with you about the giants. How like, yeah, to get into the playoffs for what? Like to get smoked. Yeah. And they really, yeah, I think, I think think, uh, when you think about these two teams in New York here, I mean, I I think the jets put up a better fight in a playoff game than the Giants. Well, a hundred percent. The only thing I will say, though, is like, well, who would the Giants match up with if they're, uh, let's see. I mean, could the Giants beat the the Bucks? Could the Giants? Beat, I don't know. Like, could the I don't think the Giants can go to San Francisco and beat the 49ers. No. Could Do you think they can go to Philly and beat the Eagles? No, I don't think they go to Dallas either and win da- a game. See, this is where I kind of have a pause with Dallas because – Dallas is a little suspicious. I think there's some, there's definitely some things in, that Dallas does that are amazing, and like they're just not very consistent. So you get like a, you know, get Dallas on a bad week, and the Giants, you know, don't have to play world beating football. In my opinion, I think their defense is okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Giants did get Dallas on a bad week in Thanksgiving, and it still didn't pan out for them. But I mean, wasn't it strange to watch Dallas give up? all those points to Gardner Minshew when, I mean, their trademark is defense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The NFC is sus, I think. Like, you're going to uh, – we're here sitting, you know, talking about a Brock Purdy-led a 49ers team and saying that the Giants have no chance against it. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah. And then, But, you know, I ask you about the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers, and you're like, you have a little bit of pause. So yeah. it's why anything yeah. can happen. I think that bodes well for the Giants and the fact that there's so many question marks in their their division or their conference. Um, yep. But let's get to the Jet preview. We got Bobby on for the Jet preview, and then everyone's favorite fraud or applaud. And then after fraud or applaud, we're gonna get right into around the league.
And now for one of our favorite segments on the show, join with Bobby. We're ready to preview the Jets. Bobby in the car, by the way. So any muffled noise or any angry, uh, angry drivers, you know, next to Bobby's car, apologies for that. But uh, we got a big game this week. This is uh, potentially Geno Smith ending the Jets season right here or potentially Mike White being the Jets hero that every Jet fan, I think, is hoping for. Guys, let me put it this way. The Jets are favored in this game, betting-wise. However, if you go into the ESPN app, it has Seattle have a 60.7% chance to win this game. What do you guys think about that? I mean, is that just like the public? Is that what that is? It says according to ESPN analytics. That's all it says. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that the Jets are favorites on the road, uh, losers of four in a row. I understand the Mike White effect, but you know, I I would have thought that Seattle would have uh, would have had the edge here. I'm not really surprised. I just think it speaks to how bad Zach Wilson was and how much at least Vegas really thinks that he was holding back his offense. But um, I think the Seahawks find themselves in like a very similar spot to the Jets, and where they started off really hot, young team. And now they're kind of in a tailspin, like fighting for their playoff chances. So I actually kind of like the way the Jets match up into the Seahawks a lot. I'm very confident this week. I agree, I agree with you there, Bobby. I really do think that, you know, again, to echo what you've been saying for weeks now, if you even get bad quarterback play opposed to terrible quarterback play, the Jets win can win games. And I think Mike White, honestly, in my eyes, he he's been playing well every time every time we've seen him he hasn't especially this season he hasn't done anything that has lost the jets games in my opinion so i think if he can play you know safe you know careful football and do the minimal things the 3 yard 4 yard gains that were inept in previous offenses um i i love the jets here i think that they should win this game uh i think they they're obviously both these teams same record but for the Jets' season to start the way that it did, I, I think the Jets. I would give the Jets the hungrier dog here, especially with all the Mike White noise and all that. Like you know, Seattle's Seattle's definitely been a good team and a cool story to follow. But like everyone was expecting them to not make to not do anything this year, whereas the Jets, everyone was looking for them to take a step forward. Yeah, but not this kind of step forward. I mean, like we said, their their over under on games one was like five. Yeah, five and a half. Um, Geno Smith is having an incredible season. I think he's completing 70% of his passes. He's the guy there, um, I think, for a little bit. For a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Stop, yeah, I think he's got 20, 22 touchdowns yeah. to nine interceptions. That's all great. Um, but I, I do think he's taken a little bit of a step back the last couple of weeks. I think Bobby put it like this the other way, the other day. His, uh, you know, his insanity episode is, uh, coming to a close here. Um, so Sam and I talked about this a little bit in the pre-show and we talked about, well, does it matter that they're playing in Seattle, which is a tough place to play? And we both kind of said the Jets don't do a lot at the line. It's a lot of catch, step, throw. Uh, Sam, I'll let you expand on this. But I think that with the Mike White offense, they don't do a lot to be affected by noise. Yeah. yeah I, I, oh, Sam. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Bobby. I was going to say, yeah, I think that's fair. The Mike White of it all, I think it helps them get back to like a more friendly offense rather than having Zach – run around like a chicken without its head. But um, the way Mike White plays, he just gets the hand, the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And I think that's really what the Jets just need to get back to if they're going to try and make a run here. 
So kind of to that, and I had a feeling you would you would agree with that. So I also said that I just think in just Mike White's terms, what has everyone been focus, focusing on with Zach Wilson and Mike White? It's it's the catch to release time that of the quarterback that goes down tremendously when Mike White is a quarterback. So I think the fact that we know that and are going to assume that's going to continue, the ball's just not in his hands long enough to to feel that crazy pressure. Whereas you have Zach Wilson scrambling on a third and six to, you know, towards the Seahawks bench, that's pressure. And I don't think Mike White puts himself in those spots that Zach Wilson does. So would I say that the pressure would get to Zach Wilson? Yeah, 100%. But I think the Jets and the way they're, they're going to run this game is – going to be conducive to not putting Mike White in any sort of very high-pressure situations. Yeah, but even outside of pressure, I mean, just the point about the noise being a factor, I think the Jets do – I think the way the Jets run this offense with Mike White is conducive to combating sort of, you know, noise at the line of scrimmage, um, noise during, you know, all these Zach Wilson rollouts. I think that that's all kind of – you know, I think that's definitely lessened with Mike White uh, back at the helm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that kind of flipping over to the other side of the ball, we spoke about you know how good of a season that Geno Smith is having. Uh, he has a weapon on his side that, in my opinion, is uh, I think he's just on a bad team and is overlooked as a talent. But DK Metcalf is like absolutely, he, I, in my opinion, he's if not the best, like the second best receiver in all of football. But he's just always an absolute force to be reckoned with. And to be honest, I think this is Sauce Gardner's biggest test of the year on a one-on-one basis. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. I thought DK was actually going to take a little bit of a step back coming into the season without Russell Wilson and missing a couple pieces within that offense. But No, he did not. <laughs> he did not miss a single step. He looks just as, much, just as good of a player as he did prior to the trade. And you're right. I think Sauce is going to have his hands full. I think the defense in general is going to have his hands full. They got Kenneth Walker as well. Rookie, but um, yeah, well, and, and speaking of, I mean, overlooked wide receivers, I mean, Tyler yeah. Lockett is on track for another thousand that. yard season here. I was gonna bring up there's they just have like I think actually a big loss, I believe. Didn't they just put Will Disley on the IR, which is their tight end who's been like you know, he's been whatever over there, but it's just another weapon that was in that offense for Geno Smith, uh, and Bobby's favorite, uh, Kenneth Walker. But uh, maybe look, do you guys think that? How much does Mike White really make a difference here? I mean, let's be honest. Is he? Do you think he's going to have an effect on the defense? Does he have an effect on the offense? Is it going to? Does this team go as Mike White goes? Is that how? Is that what we've come to? I think it goes as the defense goes, and then as long as we can eliminate mistakes offensively, um, then the Jets are going to have a chance. But I mean, listen, just keep the defense off the field a little bit. Let's move the chains a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think defense controls this game, and that's kind of the key to victory for the Jets here. But, um, you know, let's see Mike White put up 25, 26 points, and um, let's swing the time of possession a little bit because it's been embarrassing the last couple of weeks. And, it, I mean, the defense hasn't looked the same when they're on the field 24-7, obviously. Yeah, just to speak to that a little bit, uh, I don't know if it changes anything, like, motivation-wise for the guys on offense, but we know the Jets haven't been able to run the ball since Mike White's been out of the lineup. And Robert Sala even said yesterday in his press conference, he said, uh, you got to earn the right to back off the defense to have them not stack the box on you. And that's what they were doing with Zach Wilson. And they were just daring the Jets to throw the ball. And they couldn't make that happen. So you had Van Knight running into his offensive lineman for four quarters a game. Yeah, and I think 
I'm a big proponent of you know establishing the run early. I think it's it's it opens everything up. You go right to play action. You take your shots, and I think it takes a lot of pressure off of uh, off of a quarterback. So I think I can see the Jets getting a lot of vertical running, getting back to the vertical running. But let's get to a pick in this game. Uh, I mean, I think I think I know where we're all going to lean here. The Jets are on our road favorites, giving one and a half. I'm going to take the Jets here. I I think they they went out right. So one and a half is you know, I'll take it. Uh, I I don't know. I, I remember saying earlier in the week that I, I think the Jets still lose this game. Um, listen, we just pointed to to the difference that Mike White makes. Do I do I think it's enough? Maybe. Um, I think I think part of me wants to take Seattle here just because of how poorly the Jets have played. I kind of feel like, you know, all might be lost here. Um, even though, listen, they, they got some help on Christmas Day from Green Bay, uh, which was nice. So so maybe there's a there's a sense of positivity in that locker room. I can't bring myself to pick against the Jets, but uh, so I, I'm cautiously going to take the Jets with you. Yeah, I I I don't I just don't know how they're again. I get back to the ESPN thing. How does that make sense that they're that they're favorited by Vegas but not by e- all ESPN analytics? That seems like pretty ass backwards. Yeah, and by the way, I think only twenty two percent of the public is uh, on the Jets here. So wow, that, I mean that's that's I mean I guess maybe just we're right. People just don't believe in Mike White. Maybe there's not not much more to it. He's phony. She's fake. That's the type of people I hate. Oh. Oh. Hey. Hey. Missed Broder of Flawed last week. It must be bounced back because the uh, people are waiting. My phone's blowing up. Had to get another phone this week. And still somehow people are saying, where's Broder of Flawed? Where's Broder of Flawed? So here it is. This is a little spin, this one. It's it's not necessarily Fraud or Applaud the traditional way. It's college bowl game style. And I'm sitting here watching the college bowl games and they have some ridiculous names to them. So, I have seven uh, scenarios, I'll say here. They're all bowl game titles. I'm going to go one by one, and you guys are going to tell me whether or not you believe this is a real game that actually happened, or is going to happen, or is totally bullshit and fraud. All right? I like the idea, but I mean, I, I am on this crazy undefeated streak, and now you're throwing seven at me. So you're not no sweep here. Gonna oh, let me put it this way: no. if you can go, if you can go better than sixty percent, I'll be. I impressed. think the only time I've been on Twitter, right. okay, uh, fraud or applaud so far, I went over three. So I'm trying to get off the schneid. Yeah, Cammy can't get worse. Oh, so. oh, for seven <laughs> could be worse, but <laughs> I digress. Um, all right, number one. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Fraud or applaud? I'm going to applaud that one. That is an applaud. I'm not I don't have all the teams listed, so we're not going to go into the teams, but we're going to you're going to just have to trust me on this one. Uh Okay, so Philly, impressive start. Just can't miss, doesn't miss a beat. N- next one. The Disney Plus Frozen Tundra Bowl, the first annual. So that's ju- that's going to be like in a week. I I all I've said was it ha- either has happened or will happen. First annual, so. Huh. 
Yeah. I'm gonna fraud this. Um, one. I feel like hmm. I would have heard about it if it is the first annual. Like I would have heard about it last year if it wasn't. I'm a, I'm also gonna fraud it because I think that would mean that so. it would be on Disney Plus, and I just don't see Disney Plus. Um, I don't see them getting a bowl game, especially, I mean, we're talking about Disney here, and they're going to get, uh, I mean, who even knows what teams would be playing in such a bowl game. I'm going to fraud this as well. That is fraud. Very nice job there, guys. Next one, yep. the Jimmy Kimmel, Los Angeles Bowl. Jimmy Kimmel Bowl is insane. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to applaud this one. It's on so what basis? What makes you? Just because it's so ridiculous that you don't think he made it up? <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like I feel like the LA teams are kind of notable, and if this is going to be a Los Angeles Bowl, you know what? I, I'm probably going to kick myself for this, but I, I'm going to fraud this. I mean, if they named a bowl game after Jimmy Kimmel, I'm going to be immensely you ruffled. You are immensely ruffled. There is a Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> LA Bowl. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, next one. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Huh. I told you, 60% is so tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so bad. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna applaud this. That did happen. That I can confirm that is an applaud. The next one. The Alligator Bowl, nothing too crazy. However, sponsored by Crocs. Oh, you know what? I, I, I'm okay. So, is there a chance that there's an Alligator Bowl and then you made up Crocs? Nah, no way. And then it will be a fraud. That's that's what I'm gonna say happened here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna fraud it because I just think I'm that you may have made up the I Crocs really part. That is a fraud, but it's just totally made up on both ways. Um, okay. What am I, 4-1? Yeah, not bad. Next one. Whew. The Home Depot Build-It-Yourself Bowl. Yeah, applaud. This is definitely real. Applaud. That is a fraud. I just thought that Ugh. was too much of a layup to not throw in there. And the last one, very mundane, the Duke's Mail Bowl. That's a that's an applaud. I actually think I may have heard of that. I know there's some sort For of mail bowl. I don't know if it's Duke's. Well, That's I mean, the name you know, of my maybe next just didn't want to get involved. Right <laughs> I'm going to applaud it, and I hope that I'm, I'm going 5-2 and two here. Bobby, come on, man. That's an applaud. Yeah. The bowl god yep. over here. So, was that, uh, what'd you go, four for? I went, I I got like one, right? I went five and two. What did Bobby go, like two and five? Absolutely. Just, yeah. Bobby's in shambles in fraud or applaud, but, uh. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was when I was it. making that list. I thought it was so funny because I was looking for the most ridiculous ones, but I was also like getting inspired to make my own ones from other ones I've seen. So the the roof, <laughs> the first one that I the one the tipping point of this list, what I made it off of, was me seeing the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, and I just thought that was ridiculous because it made no sense. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm happy you guys sniffed out the Disney Plus thing. I thought that was like a little bit of like a bone. It was I kind of handed you guys that one, and then th- the Jimmy Kimmel one. That threw that, you for a annoying. loop, didn't it? That's annoying. Okay. I'm gonna let me look that up real quick. I'll look it up and get back to you guys on who actually. I don't even know if it happened or what, but like, 
I thought it was very funny to, that it was even a thing. So, all right. Well, Bobby, thank you very much. Uh, we got to get to around the league. So let's okay, get to that right now. All right, let's end the show. Let's go around the league. This is a big, big week for both locals, and I think there's a couple matchups here that are pretty big as well. We're going to start off with the Thursday night game. The Tennessee Titans, Malik Willis led Tennessee Titans. I believe also Derrick Henry was questionable going into this game. I believe he missed like a practice or two earlier in the week. Go and host the Dallas, or sorry, they host the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are giving 10.5 here on the road. Yeah, um, this is tough, especially like after what we just saw from the Cowboys defensively. Um, if this was a a whole team in Tennessee, um, you know, we're talking about their quarterback, and if Derrick Henry's not banged up, I mean, the spread wouldn't be eleven. But I, I would like them to maybe cover a, a touchdown or eight points. I I think Dallas. This is kind of like a put their foot down kind of game. I think I like the Cowboys, but that's a lot of points and. I'm not usually the type to, to go this route, but I think give me Dallas. Well, I'm gonna. I think my my point bar is a little higher than yours, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points with the Titans. I just think that you know this they they're still have Derrick Henry. I don't think Ryan Tannehill makes like that big of a difference in this game, like the craziest bit difference. Malik Willis is. You said you're a big fan of his, by the way. Yeah, he he was terrible last week though. So there's he that. was terrible last week, but I think that. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz around the league about how, you know, why, aren't, why isn't Derrick Henry running the ball? I'll say this. I'm going to pick the Titans, you know, obviously with the points. But if Derrick Henry's ruled out, I don't care what the points are. Just just I'm taking I'm taking Dallas. That's So Derrick Henry's my, yeah. my key in this game. Uh, we went over both locals. The next game, Sunday, the Cardinals, the 4-11 Cardinals head to Atlanta, the 5-10 Falcons. Falcons are giving three and a half uh Trace McSorley against Desmond Ritter. Uh, I'm locked in. Uh, I mean, I'm. Ju- this is just kind of like uh, won't watch. Won't watch for a minute. Game of the week. Board. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. G- give me the Cardinals. I'm gonna take the Falcons. Give me like you know a couple fine. of Desmond Ritter snaps he's had under his belt now. Maybe a little more comfortable in the offense. Uh, yeah, I've seen him a co- made a couple of nice throws to Drake London last week. Um, I'll take Atlanta, giving three and a half there. Uh, next game, the Bears head to Detroit. Seven and eight Lions hosting the three and twelve Bears. Lions are giving six. Yeah, so I was very surprised at what Carolina was able to do to Detroit last week. Um, I think you and I have both been pretty high on Detroit. Uh, they're fun to watch, high-powered offense. Um, kind of like with what I said about Dallas, even though Dallas won last week. I think this is a get back on track kind of game. I like them to beat the three and twelve Chicago Bears at home by at least a touchdown. Um, and I also think I love the under in this game at fifty two right now. I'm taking the Bears my sniff of the week. Yeah, I, right. I'll, I'll root for Justin Fields here, even if it's the last game. You gotta plays. get, you gotta get off the Bears. I, I, look, I'm gonna. They've been. I feel like they're always. It's. I always find myself at halftime. Like, oh my god. Like, the like. I would love. I'm for the next show. I'm gonna look up the Bears against the spread in the first half. Because I, I would bet that they're yeah. good. Like, they're a really good team. R- riveting. Riveting radio. Yeah. Riveting. Let's go over all the Bears first half. <laughs> People are good. asking for it. I'm making... The, I have the Bears at plus 225 right here. Um, 
it's it's tight. I mean, like, can I see them getting blown out by the Lions? Sure. Like, do 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 the Lions like do the Lions like could they have a get right game? Sure. But like, I think I agree. Like, I think the Lions are. I think they were playing over their heads for a lot of the year. Uh, I mean, I think at this point, maybe they technically have something to play for, but I think it's a shot in the dark that they're they're in. Um, I don't know. I'm taking the Bears here. Just play play the spoiler right there. I'm taking Bears ML. Uh, wow, we've disagreed on three straight games. Interesting. Next game, we might we might again here. We might again here. Yeah, this is this is a conundrum for us. The four and eleven embarrassing Denver Broncos head to Kansas City. The twelve and three Chiefs. Chiefs giving twelve and a half. So last week when we said we're done taking them to cover, they wound up yeah, covering, yeah. right? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with what I said last week. I think the Broncos fired their coach. Maybe there's a little something there. Uh, listen, they're still embarrassing. Their quarterback situation is still embarrassing. I mean, let's let's take them to lose by about ten, and uh, the Chiefs once again fail to cover. I'm gonna take. Did they Denver. fire? Who's the offensive coordinator over there? I don't believe so. I think it was just Hackett for now. Okay, uh, I'm taking giving the points to the Chiefs. <laughs> I because right. I just think that the Broncos are like fighting on the sidelines. Just fired their coach. Yeah, like this could like this could be. Obviously, there's been many nails in their coffin this year. About about eleven, if not more. Uh, but I think this could be a uh, again. I could see this being a route. I just think the Chiefs. Well, I, I think the firing of the head coach is usually a positive. Yeah, but like, guess who's still you know who's under center? Russell yeah, exactly. Wilson. So like, I think there's deeper. At least I, I think, think there's deeper problems than than the, just the coach, in my opinion. Um, oh yeah. Like we uh, well also, I mean, I don't want to go in depth to the Broncos here, but how bad does it look if, if you know everyone gets fired around Russell Wilson? He's still bad. That's going to be that's because they had to use someone as a scapegoat. Okay. It's going to be the coaching, and then next year, if he's still terrible, they I mean, they're yeah, in trouble. I, I agree. So, wow, another one we're going to disagree on. Next game, right now, this is a lot of like interesting storylines this week. I feel like uh, the Dolphins eight and seven, not led by Tua after some crazy reports of he suffered a concussion in the game on Sunday. He was ruled out. Um, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater heading to New England, facing the seven and eight Patriots. Patriots are giving three right now. Uh, I don't know how you don't give that there. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do kind of like Teddy Bridgewater, and I still think that. I mean, head to toe, the Dolphins are a better roster. So, I don't know. This game is tougher for me than it is for you. When you're saying, I don't know how you don't give the points. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm considering. Well, let me let me put it this way. Like, to me, I see like the the build of this team. Like Tua is Tua is like a they run such a vertical offense with Tua, where every time either Waddle or Tyreek Hill is ending the play, you know, thirty yards downfield, whether they get the ball or not. But I think Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have that same talent spectrum as Tua. I just don't think he does. Like, he is he as mobile as Tua? Can he move around the pocket as well? Yeah, I just don't think like to me Teddy Bridgewater is like um, he almost is like very Daniel Jones esque to me, where it's like he'll dink and dunk down the field and he can escape a tackle every now and then. But you know, I don't really see Teddy taking too many long, you know, deep ball shots down the field to these guys. So I, I don't know. I think that I think that bodes well. And and on top of all that, we know how Bill Belichick coaches. You know, you could say about whatever you want about him this year or in recent, but he always takes away your best weapon. 
So let me propose this to you. you you're sitting there as Teddy Bridgewater under center, and not only you see Tyree Kill double covered over the top, but you don't even want to throw over the top because I pretty much, quite frankly, can't throw that deep over the top like my previous, my other quarterback. And I think that that's how I see this game, and like I think it's just a good matchup for the Patriots in that sense. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I, I think that that's kind of to his whole MO is just being accurate yeah. down the field, even though he doesn't have the strongest arm, even though I, I do get what you're saying there. Um, I'm just going to go with the better roster here, and, and I'm going to... I'm gonna take Miami. We should. I'm gonna write all these down somewhere just to see. I'm taking. Well, I'm taking New England minus three. Yeah. I, I, you know. Also, too. I, there's a lot of layers to this. New England minus three at home. They're the same. So you're telling me New England healthy, a Jace, I guess, is just as good as the, the Dolphins with their backup quarterback in on the road. I don't buy it. So, oh, the Dolphins, who mind you, yeah. have not been playing world-beating football at all of late either. Um. So. Nope. I digress. We're going to disagree there. Next game, the Gardner Minshew led 13 and two Eagles, giving six and a half to the New Orleans Saints. I quite frankly don't even know who the starting quarterback is for the Saints. I'm going to assume it's Andy Dalton. I don't even know. I believe uh, so. I mean, I'm yeah. giving the six and a half with the Eagles. I believe in Gardner Minshew. I think he's good. So am I, and I would absolutely take a flyer on him next year if I'm the New yeah, York Jets. Yeah, even just a battle, battle Mike White for the job. That'd be cool with me. Someone yeah. in Bobby's State of the Union, he even brought up about how the Jets should do Mike White, bring in someone who has like a little bit of upside, like a, who's been in the league a few years looking for a spot, and just go take a flyer on a kid in like the fourth, fifth round. That's your quarterback room next year, you know? I think, you know, yeah. Mike yeah. White or... You know, whoever they bring in is not going to be like not going to need to be like mentally coached up. You know, it's not like they're they're kids. They're they've been in league yeah. for a few years now. They're you know they they get it. So all right, I digress. Good talking point for another day though. Uh, the next game. This is one another one that's interesting because like the Bucks are seven and eight. They head their division. All of a sudden, the Panthers can win this game and kind of like. I think they can have a shot in the dark here. Yeah, and I mean, with what they did last week, that was strange. Yeah. I didn't really understand that. Uh, so, Sam Darnold is kind of peaking yeah. here. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I still take Tampa, but I, not with a lot of conviction. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not touching this game. Uh, no. I, you know, now I think about it, I'm, I'm really staying far away from this game. I... Like the buck, I just the Bucks at home are. That's the only reason I'm taking this game, and for nothing more. Nothing to do with the play. Yeah. Just solely the home three points. They're just as the Tom Brady led Buccaneers are just as good as the Sam Darnold led Panthers. Yeah, and, I agree with that. No, I'm saying that's what the number is. That's a, that's literally what the number is telling you. Oh, and it's just right. a crazy thing yes. to think about. Um, so I'm gonna also take the Buccaneers. Is that the first? No, we agreed on the Eagles too. Okay, so getting getting a little better here. The Browns, 6-9, head to Washington, play the 7-7-1 seven, seven, Commanders. Commanders are giving two. With Carson Wentz uh, back at the helm there. They love him. It's so weird. I am going to ride with Cleveland. I think I hate Carson Wentz. Um, you know, the, the Commanders have kind of taken a step back in uh, recent weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, give me the Browns. I think Deshaun Watson's 1-2. One and, one and two. One and three since returning. I don't. I'm not sure exactly. They haven't been great, but I mean, ground and pound. They should win that game. 
Um, and yeah, like I said, the commanders haven't been impressive lately. Here's what I'll say. I not only love the commanders, <laughs> I why it's, I love the commanders because this is Chase Young's first home game healthy this season, or at least coming back coming back from injury on New Year's Day. They're going to be up for this game. They're going to be so up for this game, I think. And I think that he gets he he's like a uh, Nick Bosa uh, or Joey Bosa type, where you know if he's in, the whole defense looks different. Just like we saw with the giant with the Jets without Quinn and Williams, he's their Quinn and Williams. And I think that's going to make the Deshaun Watson, who has not looked good at all since coming back. I don't think it makes life easy for him. And I think I love the Commanders here because. Also, too, Commanders right on the Giants' tail. Yeah, I would agree with you if Carson Wentz wasn't playing. That's my only, like, reservation from, like, being all in on this game. I have, like, let's say if I had nine eggs, I, I had, or like, ten eggs, I have nine in the basket. One out because of Carson Wentz. But I, I, I've been on okay. here saying, like, defending Carson Wentz, too. So part of me is almost like, all right, I'm just going to ride with my guy. Like, I, I've been a Carson Wentz truther for a long time. Kind of hard yeah, to I'm back up now, but... You know, um, next game. This is a confusing line. I think the Jaguars seven yep. and eight head to play the Texans two twelve and one Texans four and a half year Jaguars. Yeah, that that is strange. I love the Jaguars in this spot. I think they played some really good football lately. Um, you know, we don't have to get into their manhandling of the Jets last week, but I mean, just before that, they they beat up on the Lions. They dropped 36 on Tennessee. I, I like Jacksonville. I think it's all kind of coming together for yeah, them. Yeah, and again, I've kind of had to bite my tongue of late on Trevor Lawrence because he's looked amazing. Um, but again, yeah. another team that is also outside looking in right now, but are, are actually, no, they're ahead. They're in the top of the AFC South right now, I believe, right? With the win and then, or maybe if the Titans lose. Well, the Jaguars are seven and eight, and the Titans are also seven and eight. I'm not sure tiebreaker wise. Right now, the ESPN has them ahead in the tiebreaker because they have a better. Okay. I think they have a better divisional record, or maybe they just beat the Titans twice. I think they did. Um. Anyway, I love the, I love the Jaguars here. Uh, you know the the Texans want to lose. Let's just put it that way. Like obviously, like yep. you know, they're in a spot yeah. where they yeah. want the number one pick and they don't want any kind of question you know just looking around the league here if they win this game who's the who's the next worst record no literally no one there they they locked up the number one pick yeah, yeah they're in a league yeah, okay so i guess the colts if they win and then the texans win next week and the colts lose out maybe the te- they have a right. higher pick and yeah broncos and cardinals both uh, the bears wins, but yeah not. yeah i mean yeah, mm. but I, you know you're right. They, they want yeah, to lose they, the game. they want to lose this game. I'm taking the Jaguars. Next game, me too. Uh, this is another big line here. The San Francisco 49ers, 11 and four, head to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. San Francisco giving 10. No Derek Carr. What is it? Nathan Peterman is their starting quarterback or something like that. It, is it Peterman? I, that's a good question. I was just going to look, um, but that is. The fact that they benched Derek Carr. Let me let me say this first, Jet fans. I don't think it has any implication on whether or not Derek Carr. It's not. It's not uh, Nathan Peterman. It's uh, Jared Stidham. Who Jared Stidham, Nathan Peterman, oh, yeah. and Jace. Yep. Um, yep. But reading some reports here, the Raiders would save twenty nine point two five million dollars in twenty twenty three if they trade or cut Derek Carr. 
that decision must be made three days after the Super Bowl. So start paying attention to some rumors around the Raiders, Jet fans. If you're really, you know, there's some Jet fans. I've even been a proponent earlier in the season before Derek Carr looked like a shell of himself, to be quite honest, uh, of bringing yeah. him in even as like a possibility. If you know, I don't want to pay that money at all, but you know, he, he could be a definitely an upgrade, I believe, with this defense. You yeah, know, who knows? But uh, we've we've both been Derek Carr defenders for a long time. I'm kind of just getting off that yeah. bandwagon. I think he looks bad. I mean, you give him Devontae Adams and he looks worse. I, I just, I'm kind of off of Derek Carr. Ten points is a lot of points. I'm, I'm gonna give it with the 49ers. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to as well. Um, I just think I don't know. I, I think the I can't believe in a Jared Stidham led team. You know, to not lose no. by a surging 49ers team. Except we're in the territory now of these games where the 49ers like could be up by you know 20 at half and do nothing you know just kind of run out run out and you know end up losing or winning the game by you know nine i I don't i don't i don't plan for backdoor yeah well i know but we're at the season where it's very viable next game yep uh probably the second biggest game of the week honestly the vikings 12 and 3 vikings head to green bay play this surging seven and eight packers green bay giving three and a half as always i'm gonna let you start in your favorite team in the league I have no idea where to go here because we, we both have, have called the Minnesota Vikings frauds, right? And the Packers look much better than they did early on. Um, I mean, they got they got stomped by Minnesota, but that was week one. This is a much different Packer team with a lot more to play for than Minnesota. I mean, they got a lot of help last week. So the playoffs don't seem crazy for Green Bay at this point, but they probably have to run the table. Uh, I don't know, though. I just think the, Vi- the Vikings are just a better team but the Packers giving three and a half that's scary to me so I think if the Packers are able to squeak this one out it's probably by a field goal or they lose so I think you're safer taking Minnesota here but this game is at Lambeau yeah so uh, I'm taking the Packers I really like them too I think that you know if the Vikings were 12 and 3 because of their defense and not their offense I would have reservation on this game but I think the fact that you know, offensive teams on the road always scare me more so than defensive teams on the road, just simply the nature of yeah. the game. And I think that, you know, Packers fans know now that, like, hey, like, we got an outside shot here. I think they get up for this game. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers gets up for this game. He's been playing great of late. Um, I'm all over the Packers here. Three and a half, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, if, if, if this uh, if this was a pick, I'd be right there with you. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, giving three and I don't know. It just seems tough to me, so. I'm going to take Minnesota. All right, next game, the 9-6 and six Chargers host the 5-10 and 10 Rams. Chargers giving 6.5. Chargers 9-6 and six are, like, shocking to me. I feel like they're much worse than that. Yeah. But, uh, hey, here we mm-hmm. are, um, and I'm going to give the 6.5 with the Chargers. I am, too. The Rams are just pathetic. I don't care what they did to Denver last week. Uh, they're yeah, pathetic. Ex- give me the Yeah, I, I don't really buy into that too much either. I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers as well. I would like the over in that game, I think, if you have it. Uh, 41. How much? Oh, 41. my God. This is a – I've never seen a 26-31 uh, game more in my life. <laughs> uh, Depends what kind of Rams – what kind Or of Rams not 26-31. I meant uh, – what's it called? 21-31. Apologies. Um, next game, the Steelers – this is a divisional matchup. Remember this. 7-8 and eight Steelers head to the 10-5 and five Baltimore Ravens, no Lamar Jackson still, I don't believe. 
Um, yeah. Ravens giving two and a half here. Mike Tomlin in that division is scary. Almost made this a sniff. Yeah, and the Steelers at 7-8, and eight, they do have something to play for here. I, I'm i going to reluctantly take Pittsburgh. Mm, now you put me in a weird spot because I almost I, – I love Mike Tomlin. I've been on here many times saying how much I like Mike Tomlin. Uh, but I don't know. It's like two and a half. That hook is crazy to me. Um, yeah. I think it's too little to – I've it, to me, two and a half is very pick em, So I'm taking – I'm going to take the home yeah. team with the Ravens. Just them. I think they're the better team. You know, my, uh, it's going to suck when Mike Tom- I'm going to be happy when this when Mike Tomlin wins this game, but I'm obviously gonna, not going to be happy that I lost my pick. Let me put it that way. Um, and then yep. the game of the week, potential game of the year candidate, two teams that uh, this could be an AFC championship preview and no one would bat an eye. The 12-3 Bills head to Cincinnati and play the 11-4 Bengals. The Bills are giving one on the road here. That is interesting to me. What do you What do you like about yeah. this game? Well, I mean, there's a lot to like. Yeah, about or what this don't game. you like? Might be a better question. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, man. This This is a game and a half. Um, I, I think I'm leaning Cincinnati. Um, I just think of late they've, they've played better, but I don't think either of these teams has lost a game in the last five six weeks. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to lean Cincinnati. I think they get up for these big games. Uh, you know, they've already beaten Kansas City just a couple weeks back. I, I like the Bengals. I think that they're kind of Buffalo's biggest challenge moving forward outside of Kansas City. So I like well, so no, I, I, I love the Bengals. I love the Bengals this week. I really do. Uh, I think that they're in a, they're in a prove it run, in my opinion. Like they just trying to prove it to everyone that they're, they're real. You know, there's some skepticism going into the season with Joe Burrow's injury. Um, well, you know, I, I think they're real. And let me let me put it this way. The Bills' last five opponents, 5-0 and oh, albeit, the Bears, the Dolphins, yep. the Jets with Zach Wilson, the Patriots, and the Lions. Who they barely beat. Yeah. So, like, have been playing the best teams. And quite frankly, like, their last three games are honestly – I mean, ten points and twelve points to putrid offenses is is obviously looks good, but you know you really break down those games. There were shots in all of those games. There, you know, the Jets had shots in that that last Buffalo game. They just had inept quarterback play. Uh, the Patriots yeah. that was that windy, weird game, right? That was like just like kind of wasn't like gross weather there, and uh, everyone was on the under. Um, I mean, the Bears, the Bears aren't world beaters. I'm pretty sure uh, that was one of the games that Justin Fields didn't play. I don't know. Do I think the Bills are amazing? Will they be there at the end? Yes. Yeah, I do. But do I think I they win this game? No. So I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Bengals. Yep. So, me too. Wow. So we started off the week very uh, back and forth. I feel like we kind of came together for lack of a yeah. better term there at the end. A little bit. But um, Top. anything else you wanted to add going around the league? No. Definitely going to be up for that uh, that Bengals game. We'll have to talk about that on Tuesday if it's a. Uh, if it's as good as it is made out to be. So, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, Appreciate all of you. Hope you guys are enjoying your holidays. Thank you for listening to us during the holidays. Um, And as always, peace out.